Hey, before we get started, this is a reminder that you're listening to a Voyager Radio production. Josh, what's Voyager Radio? It's us, two friends, Billy and Josh, Josh and Billy, who really enjoy making things and putting it on the internet. If you really enjoy us, if you like what we do, executive order, read the internet, anything like that, consider supporting us on Patreon. Proceeds from our Patreon help make this show and help fund all of our projects. We're even working on bringing a bookstore to our local community, and you can help that dream become a reality. Thanks for listening. Link's in the description. Yeah, he got stuck in a bathtub, maybe, and... Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to tackle all that and more in this new podcast, Executive Order. Executive Order, episode four? Three. Three. Episode three. <laughs> I've already forgotten what... Yeah, we're recording these in order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> the whole point. Yeah, they're not out of order. <laughs> Executive Order, episode three, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, born April of 1743 and died July 4th, 1801. Third president of the United States, the architect of Monticello. Arthur, author of the Declaration of Independence, and Virginian statesman with everything that entails. Okay. Get into that quite a bit. It's really, I don't know, Jefferson's a weird one where for most of American history, we held him to almost as high of a standard as Washington. But it's He's not, on the nickel. Yeah, he's on the nickel. But it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot less now than it was... Last year, neither here nor there. What but, a nickel could buy in Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, it didn't exist yet, so not a lot. But, yeah, as time goes on and we become, I don't want to use the term woke, but it's kind of a, as we become more wary of these things, we realize that maybe Jefferson, not such a great guy. You know, in my research for this, I watched a crash course video on it with the author John Green. And the video starts with a younger version of him talking about how cool Jefferson is. Mm -hmm. And then the current version of him rolls in and he's like, go sit down, me from the past. You turns out you're kind of wrong. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I Jefferson is still a fantastic figure in American history. He did so much. And I do believe he was a good guy. You get into like the term product of his time, which I feel like is not okay, but it's still accurate. It definitely does not excuse, and you'll see why. Like it's not an excuse, um, yeah. but but we do have to remember what is very shocking today was unfortunately very commonplace. Then. Yeah, not again, not in any way okay, but yeah, again, he he's a very double sided guy. Because without him, we wouldn't have the nation we do today. Mostly because he made the single biggest land purchase in American history. Yes, yes. Um, something I don't get too into my notes just because I feel like everyone knows about the, the Louisiana. Louisiana Purchase. He bought it from Napoleon, uh, not Dynamite. Good movie, mm-hmm. bad dictator. I hate that movie. Yeah, I actually didn't care for it. <laughs> popular movie. Popular. A lot from, of people from our it. age group. More, more power to you for uh, liking it. it. But anyway, he, he buys the Louisiana Purchase, which greatly expanded uh, America. And that was controversy at the time because the people, the citizens of America were like, what did they say? You want us to pay more, f- 
more mo more money of which we have little for more ma land of which we already have too much. Yeah, and at this time too, the Constitution, like we pretty much had the Bill of Rights up to this point, and nothing in the Constitution said that the president was allowed to make this call. Mm -hmm. And to this day, that would not go over well today if Joe Biden just purchased a bunch of land with no go-ahead. Didn't Trump try to buy a sweet, sweet, one of those? Don't know. Sounds like look it know, up. It sounds possible. We'll look get there in a few <laughs> few episodes. Yeah, we'll in, get in there. forty something episodes. But yeah, it was very questionable. Like, and we are still figuring out at this point what can the president do. So it wasn't that the people necessarily just didn't want the Louisiana territory, but it's like, do we allow him to do this because mm -hmm. we didn't tell him that he could? Well, it does go both ways. They they both. It was a question Absolutely. of what he could do, but also this gets into the debate we will always have as Americans, big government versus small government. And it, when you're someone who's all for small government, it's hard to make that argument when you're trying to make the land you have Absolutely. to govern bigger. Absolutely. And it's hypocritical in another way if you look into uh, indigenous peoples, Native American, whatever your term for them, it goes back and forth. But... For indigenous, indigenous Americans, Jefferson was a huge advocate of, like, no, we should help these people. Mm -hmm. Like, they are equal. He is one of the few people of his time, which is crazy, but one of the few people of his time that believed Native Americans were equal to European Americans. Kinda. I mean, he was a proponent of it. For... for the time that was a progressive take, and I, mm -hmm. when we get into some stuff later, I'll get into why that's not as progressive as it sounds, and why even my opinion on Jefferson for some other things that I've always really looked up to him for changed in my research of him. Uh, uh, but I do want to touch on this about the Louisiana Purchase uh, quickly. He wanted to complete the Louisiana Purchase in order to have more land so that every person, white male person, as the Constitution uh, says, could have his own farm and be free and virtuous by not having to participate in the economy. Mm -hmm. You have to remember at the time, Britain is really industrializing. And Jefferson Wait, does a lot. He's very Ron Swanson-esque mm -hmm. in, in his time as president because he does a lot to not do that. His idea was we will make we will we'll grow trees and we'll sell wood and cotton and these things mm -hmm. and we'll trade it to britain for the other material goods that we're not going to manufacture here because we want to have a simpler life yeah uh so he he tried to cut the government down to size in his time he got rid of all the taxes except for tariffs mm -hmm. and he shrunk the army and navy which was controversial for obvious reasons <laughs> And uh, he part paid off part of the nation's debt. Which, a lot of a yeah, very large. Portion. I couldn't find the actual number, yeah. but it was did, they wrote it down, yeah. so it was a big deal. Yeah, I did find the actual number, but I did not write it down. So well, here we are. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm glad this isn't a history paper that we're yeah, getting a grade. How on. unfortunate! If someone's using us to write their like dissertation, mm -hmm. don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he. Uh, so he does all these things in favor of, he has this idea that we'll be more virtuous, we'll be more virtuous if we can be separate from the global economy, if we cannot force that, which is like an idea that we see coming back now. Like people are like, well, I don't want to be a part of, you know, underpaid labor and I don't want to be a part of that 
that system, and he is seeing the moral compromises that we'll have to make mm-hmm. even then. Oh, absolutely. And again, that's something we've talked about in every episode, how incredible it is that all of these men realized that everything they did would cause ripple effects for God knows how long. Like, as long as the country's around, they hope. Like, that's what everyone wants. They want their legacy. But it, it is weird for people in their time to realize that what they're doing will have effects beyond them and to care about it. We have people now that know that what they're doing has effects. They just don't care. Wink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, something I do want to touch on while we're here is something that really turned Jefferson into who he was. You know, he married, as we've talked about before, this is kind of a problem in American history, married his third cousin, Martha Skelton, in uh, 1772, so close to the Revolution. But, uh, yeah, many describe this as the happiest time of his life. Mm -hmm. They had six children. They often indulged in parties with food and drink. Both Jefferson and his wife were essentially the equivalent of today's foodie Instagrammers. You know, they'd always boast and brag about the different exotic foods and wines they shared. There were the... uh, uh F. Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald their time. Kind of, so yeah. He tried to use a modern reference, and I was still 100 years old. Yeah, behind. no, yeah, I'm, I'm very on fleek. All right. But, <laughs> but, yeah, they were very much like, like I said, they were very indulgent and very open about it and happy to do it, and that's great. Unfortunately, all this indulgence eventually led to Martha contracting diabetes, and that with a couple of births caused her health to decline rapidly, and she died in 1782. And, and he moved on gracefully and never sought another woman. No. <laughs> so close. Darn. So close, but so far. Um, she actually made Jefferson promise to never marry again, which Uh-oh. he absolutely obeyed that. He did. He never married again. And that was kind of a problem. <sighs> because he he had a lot of children. A lot, of, a lot of affairs, several. We can't prove most. With, did you get her name down? Uh, I got a few. I got the important one because he did, again. The had, well-known one. Yeah, many affairs. But he also, like, yeah, don't get me wrong. He was devastated. He was said to tirelessly pace around rooms and was prone to violent outbursts of grief. He also, Sally Hemings. Yeah, I'm getting Sorry. There. I was making sure I had it. Go ahead. He drove himself almost obsessively into the construction of his estate, Monticello, which is around to this day, and the expansion of his private library, both of which led him to die in outrageous debt. He bought so many books and did so many renovations to Monticello. He was born very rich, Mm -hmm. but by the end of his life, he was like $107,000 in debt, which is a lot for the time, but it's because he kept buying books and he kept... Do you know how he funded all the book buying and all the renovations? I'm sure all kinds of ways. Mostly through slave trade. Yeah. He profited largely off the slave trade. Yeah. and More so than other people. We'll kind of get into that because he did openly kind of speak out against slavery, kind of also diving into the... A lot of this that they did at this time against slavery was for... Public image and nothing yes. more. It's it's the equivalent of it's the equivalent <laughs> of when Pride Month comes along and Walmart starts selling rainbow T-shirts. Yeah, it's they want to appear that they care, but they're profiting the whole time, and that's all they really care about. And again, I do believe Jefferson was a good guy, mm-hmm. but how good can you really be if you're still 
partake. And most of our founding fathers did. One of the few that didn't was Alexander Hamilton, who never held the presidency. Up until, I cannot remember, I want to say it was Monroe, I think the presidents were slaveholders. So let's talk about his morality for a second. Because we, we mentioned in the previous episode how these presidents, these first three especially, for several, uh, the ones we think of as our founding fathers, had to, at a young age, determine not only their own morality, but also what they thought should shape the morality of the country. They're, they're the first people to really get to choose what they think their society around them should look like. Absolutely. And Jefferson often gets brought up in uh, debates about, is America a Christian nation or is it not? Mm-hmm. Because uh, people, and, and this is what I learned, often assume that he was more of a deist than uh, a, a Christian. Mm-hmm. But that probably wasn't true based off what I read. Yeah, almost definitely not. Uh, because the, what everybody always points to is the Jeffersonian Bible, mm-hmm. which was, he had two of them, uh, and I forget the difference between the two, but what we think of as the Jeffersonian Bible is a Bible in which he cut out parts of the Bible and glued them together in, uh, I have it written here. Yeah, I did not know about this. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, so the Jefferson Bible is, in my opinion, the most interesting thing about him. Because in a way, he's like an early American philosopher trying to solve this problem of how embedded should Christianity be into uh, his own morality. I don't know about the nation's morality, but the Jefferson Bible got made because he was consulting with a friend about how to get Christianity to the Native Americans. Mm -hmm. And his friend, I have lost his name to the notes, I'm sorry, said... Don't bring them a Bible because they're going to see all this stuff about lineage and it's not, it's not going to speak to them. Just talk to them about the teachings of Jesus because those are good and we can agree on that and won't that be so helpful. So he says, great idea. So he starts cutting out what uh, people often refer to the red letters in the Bible. The Jesus letters. Yeah, what the words Christ spoke, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he cut them out and glued them out onto a new, into a new book. And the book is actually titled, in his own handwriting, The Life and Morals of Jesus of Nazareth in Greek, Latin, French, and English, because he got several versions of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So in a way, this is, you know, future historians might find this as a Rosetta Stone of a type, because it's, it's the very same. Possible. Like, he would have a column in English, and then right next to it, a column in the other languages, mm-hmm. so you could translate directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so people see this, and they see that he's taking out some people say, he, well, he takes out all the mystical stuff, mm-hmm. which isn't exactly true. It's just that he's only talking out what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. And even though there are parts where Jesus is performing miracles, Jesus doesn't make a lot of supernatural claims necessarily. He is himself a supernatural claim, but he doesn't say a lot of... Yeah, he's trying to remove things that people can say, well, that sounds made up. Yeah, in a sense. Um, really, he's just trying to highlight specifically what Christ said. Mm-hmm. So... That's that's the controversy around there. People try to say that he was not that he was a deist and not actually a Christian because of this, but really that's not what the evidence points yeah. at. And and I do want to point out I looked up the Jefferson Bible and I downloaded a digital version of it. Do you know what the uh, oh, he also takes all these things from Jesus and he puts them in chronological order. So the Bible itself is not in chronological order. It jumps around. 
but he tries to actually say when things happened. Which is impressive on its own. Yeah, what a feat. Like, this is definitely a better time suck than, like, playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> like, at least it feels more pro- uh Yeah, because I don't know if you've ever read the Bible. Not a page turner. So, yeah. the very first line in the Jeffersonian Bible is a quote from, you know, uh, the Big J. <laughs> Big J. Yeah. Uh, he says... And it comes to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. So the first line he <laughs> pulls out of the Bible and says this is important is which, that everybody needs to be which taxed. Which is a problem because Jefferson was on board with less taxes. Yeah, so yeah. it's really interesting to see his own personal journey. Yeah, that's what he, he really was, again, like most of the things we think we know about these guys, Jefferson more than the other two we've covered, is he wanted his personal image to be a certain thing. Yes. He did things because he wanted to look good. Because we had Washington and Adams before this. They were both two of the most humble human beings in American history. Like, they they did what was right because they wanted to do the right thing, as far as we know. But Jefferson's the first one we come across here that really, like, He's like, no, I'm going to do this because I think people are going to like me for doing this. Yes, and and uh, I should have led with this quote on the Bible, but this is from Thomas Jefferson to John Adams in a letter, probably when they started talking again, but I'm not sure. Uh, we must reduce our volume of the Bible to the simple evangelist select even from them the very words only of Jesus there will be found remaining the most sublime and benevolent code of morals which has ever been offered to man. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that sounds like somebody that wanted to remove religion. Mm-hmm. But maybe the important thing to take away is if you're trying to like find like if you're trying to decide for yourself what kind of nation we should be, which I mean maybe we should all think about that, is that he may not have removed you can argue back and forth if he, if he was removing like the mystical from it or not. But what he did do, and what we know he did do, is that he was deciding for himself what the morals should be. So maybe... Absolutely. And he was, he was one of the first that was vocal about separation of church and state, you know. He, he wasn't big on... Because, again, he wrote the Declaration. Mm-hmm. He had a lot to do with the writing of the Constitution. But a fun thing I found that I did not know that he also did in the realm of religion, there have only been two presidents that have founded universities. One was Jefferson. He founded the, Vir- yeah, the Virginia, Virginian University, University UV, VU. But anyway, and he did it with the progressive dream of a university free of church influences, where students were free to specialize in many things that up until now had been unheard of. Like, before your schooling had to, like, have a religious backbone. You had to learn about these. Basically, we talked about it in the Adams episode, where his dad put him in school because he wanted him to join the clergy. Like, Sunday school was a thing. Like, not just... Yeah, his dad thought he would be a priest. Yeah. He... He started this Virginian University with that belief, like, I want them to do what they want to do, not what they think they should do. Really kind of the first liberal arts college. Pretty much, because, yeah, he thought everyone should have access to higher education. And if we really look at it, in a lot of ways I see him, this is kind of a hot topic, but I I see him as more of the Bernie Sanders of his time Hmm. than anything. Because Bernie does that a lot, too, because I'm not a Bernie fan. Because I know he does a lot of things because he wants to be liked by the people. 
I disagree. I am a Bernie fan. Yeah, I think fun. those are his actual morals, but that's that's not. Yeah, but you see the parallel here, where these could have been Jefferson's actual morals, but I just get that that vibe of. I think Jefferson was a young guy trying to figure it out for himself. Oh, very much that's, so. When I read into it, that's the impression yeah. I got. He was he was a playboy. Like he was very famous. He was the first celebrity president. Really, mm-hmm. obviously, George and. John were both big figures, but they didn't have that... Gravitas. Yeah. And so, really, Jefferson, he was he wore very nice clothing everywhere. He went always drinking wines, eating... He brought... He didn't bring ice cream, but he popularized ice cream because he had it at all of his White House parties. So and like, that's Joe Biden's favorite food. Yeah. See? Conspiracy. <laughs> but... <laughs> But is no, Joe Biden he, just Thomas Jefferson? He was he was the type that people were like, oh my God, Jefferson. You see that in like People magazine today. You'll see a celebrity eating like a kale smoothie, and because you eat smoothies, yeah. But uh, and then everyone wants to do that, right? Like Jefferson was really like an early version of that. Like if he did something, everyone wanted to do it. Yeah, it was like the equivalent of. Uh, Trump was like the first president to really use Twitter. I mean, Obama had a Twitter, but it was like managed. Yeah. Trump was the first person to just be like, I'm going to do this. Absolutely. And then uh, Jefferson in that same vein was uh, putting himself in the public eye in kind of every way he could. I don't know if that was intentional or Mm -hmm. or how much of it was intentional, but he definitely was doing it. And yeah, something I got to kind of like cut, get us back on track because it would not be right to not talk about this, do an entire episode without talking about without talking about Sally Hemings. Right. <laughs> I did bring her up earlier when you were looking for it. I got did. Sidetracked. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> Go on. This is the girl who uh let's let's not flavor coat it, let's not this was his slave. Yes. After his wife died he made the promise he would not marry again and then he went to France. She had no choice but to do what he said. Basically, yeah, yeah, it' little deeper than that. That's sure, but glossing over a lot of stuff here, because uh, yeah, he had an affair with a woman in France, ended up calling that off. They still talked all their lives, but then he had his children come over to spend some time with him in France, and when he did that, he had his slave Sally accompany them, and their time in France. They spent several years in France during which they had sexual couplings like Jefferson we go back and forth historically on this because she got pregnant at this time and made a promise because in France slavery was illegal so theoretically Sally could have just stayed in France mm. she did not have to go no one could, think yeah, about that no one could have made her go back but she made a deal that if she goes back with him then he would give her a very easy life and set her children free when they became of age. You know, at a certain age, they have to start doing work. And he made a promise to her that if you go back with me, but that didn't happen. Also, that's very much like, uh, let me do what I want and your kids don't have to suffer too. Like, kind of, yeah. It's not Again, better. This is where historically we go back and forth on this because a lot of people say that Jefferson just did it for that reason, like they're my kids, eldest obligation. Some people honestly believe that he did these things because he really had feelings. Was for he Sally. open about these being his kids, or was no. this like a secret? Okay. Oh, this was a secret. This came out not too long ago. I, it was a something in it, our lifetime. It came up a lot during the Adams Jefferson debates. Like these were. 
things that came up a lot in these fistfights, these political fistfights. Which we mentioned in the previous yeah. episode that this is the first, him and Adams was the first, like, political fist-throwing uh, kind yeah, of campaign. absolutely. And, yeah, this is just, like I said, where historically we go back and forth. Because he did treat her and her children very well. He educated Sally more than most male white European Americans were educated like she had a great education but again why why does he does do this we don't really know for sure everyone has their opinions you know he would give the kids easier work and he did again he made that promise that he'd set them free when he came of age but he did not set most of the because they had multiple children but he didn't set most of them free until he died and it was in his will that uh that they would go free yeah there are again there are debates over how many children, who were children, because we have some that we've DNA tested that claim to be, but they're not. And it goes really back and forth. And again, it gets into Jefferson's back and forth character. Interestingly, uh, just like a quick side note and step back, um, the reason we even have the Jeffersonian Bible, uh, the reason Congress even has it, is someone was interviewing one of his like great-grandsons and he was like, oh, yeah, I've got this, like, book of his that he would consult all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how they got it. And Congress bought it from him for, I don't know if they disclosed the amount of money, but it was uh, probably a lot. Yeah. 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 And uh, that was that's pretty much getting into the debate there, you know. We talk about it all day long. Was he good? Was he not? That's not really important. What's important is the things that have stood the test of time. He was know? certainly a moral philosopher, did he land on the right answers all the time? No. Well, that's also the thing. Was he a moral philosopher? Was he a just person? Or did he just want to well, that's appear what I mean, to be? Is that he was a moral philosopher in the sense that he thought about morals and wrote about morals a lot. Yeah, and he knew what he wanted to be remembered for. He knew, I strongly believe he, he did everything he did knowing that he would be remembered for those things. Yeah, and uh, he is remembered for some good things and some not so good things. Really bad things. Definitely bad Um, things. Yeah. So that kind of leaves us with how we do every episode, or do you have some more that you want to talk about? Well, I mean, I've got some some quick little ending notes here. I mean, just like present day, like I strongly believe that presidents should serve one eight-year term for this reason instead of two four-year terms. Because he did what every candidate does today, again, set this president where his first term was just dismantling everything that had come before, mm-hmm. which is what they do today. Anytime a new president gets elected, their first terms, nothing happens because they're taking down everything. So he, he did take steps to take down the Alien and Sedition Acts. He did get the debt down that Adams and Washington had both raised. And so that's just an important precedent to precedent to remember going forward. It's a forward. constant tug of war. Yeah. He also he attacked Hamilton's financial system, and that's what helped him get the debt down. Um, he revolutionized the Library of Congress. It was kind of rinky-dinky before. And uh, as we talked about, he had this insatiable hunger for books. Like president, the first librarian, pretty much, of the Library of, of Congress. Congress. Yeah. Um, we talked about his Native American beliefs, Virginia, and really I just want to talk about like... Hey, before we get started, this is a reminder that you're listening to a Voyager Radio production. Josh, what's Voyager Radio? 
It's us, two friends, Billy and Josh, Josh and Billy, who really enjoy making things and putting it on the internet. It's like absolutely penniless. And one of the parts of that is anyone that walked up to the White House while he was president and asked for money, he pulled out of his pocket and just handed it to him. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very common. Not a smart thing. No, definitely a weird, yeah. weird policy to have. Yeah, but he, he was just a very, like, giving kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't always make you kind, but he was very nice in that way. It, yeah, it doesn't always make you good. Uh, yeah. But, but I see what you're saying. And so, yeah, that's really my ending note on Jefferson there. That and his emotional range. The yeah. fact, one of my favorite stories I came across was when... Uh, Marquet de Lafayette, one of his best friends during the revolution, a French man that fought in the revolution, when he came back to America after the war, I think it was Jefferson's son noted that they walked up to each other and broke out into tears in like an embrace because they just missed each other. They were great friends and like he wasn't a guy that was afraid to cry like you know a lot of people would have been at that time. Like he embraced it like basically... I love you, bro. I missed you. <laughs> there, there's a lot of bromance between Jefferson and and, and all these other guys. Oh, there's a lot. Uh, I do want to just kind of add that uh, we talked about in the previous episode that his election against Adams was the first one that is like we think of elections today. Uh, it was actually a tie, and then... I don't want to, I don't know exactly how the system worked because it's confusing but because votes also determine the vice president mm -hmm. a, a person in the electoral college was supposed to drop one of their votes to make sure that a president got more than the vice president to to make it come out to wash even mm -hmm. but they what I heard was forgot but I don't know like they could have done it on purpose they forgot literally forgot to drop their vote on paper so that's when Hamilton comes in and intervenes. And, and, and ruins everything. So there's definitely like an alternate timeline where Burr wins because they were oh, literally sure. like essentially one vote away. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, it's the first time that uh, when he did eventually win that Adams transferred power peacefully instead of president. Yeah, I was about to say, can we talk about how like they've all done that? Like that's... At this time, that is unheard of because when Washington stepped down, I think there's a story about like King George like becoming just manic, just being like, how? Because how? until until these first three presidents, or really until George Washington, people were used to the idea of people coming to power because someone got murdered. Uh, yeah, like that. Absolutely. Or they died peacefully, and their son took over and did who knows what. Yeah, and that also speaks to Jefferson here because Washington shocked the world when he stepped down, but everyone kind of expected it to because mm -hmm. he was just that kind of a moral person. Then you had Adams, who did everything Washington did, so of course he was going to transfer power peacefully because that's what Washington did. He knew it. Jefferson was the first one where again he really could have just not mm -hmm. like there. There was very loose president there. If he had done it, like... It's like when you go on a field trip as a kid and your teachers are like, remember, you represent the whole school. Like, Washington set that representation and, and the school, those people underneath them were looking to him for what to do next. And, and that just kind of carries forward. Yeah. And then, for uh, the most part. <laughs> do we want to move into last words? Do you yeah. have that? So, um, as we mentioned in the previous episode... Uh, Adam's last words were Jefferson lives, mm -hmm. but that's not true. On July 4th, and 
the 1800s. I've, I've, it was in the previous episode. Go back yeah. and listen. I think it's 1801. Uh, he actually died earlier that day. Same His day. last recorded words were, no, doctor, nothing more, which I think is pretty good, but people don't like that because it's, like, too prosaic. <laughs> so a lot of people contribute his last words to being is it the fourth <laughs> i don't know why people i really like pref- that better <laughs> I, I guess i like it better <laughs> so they both died on july 4th hours from each other these like Quant- friend oh, frenemy yeah almost quantumly entangled people where one could not have existed yeah. without the and other they both died on you know our nation's holiday like, yeah it it is odd it's so strange. Yeah, I, like it's a it's a matrix moment. Probably for the sure. biggest coincidence in American history, or is it? <laughs> who are we doing next time? Uh, James Madison, who I wish I had written a teaser about, but huh? I did not. Well, you're just gonna. That's the teaser. To yeah. The next time. <laughs> to uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs>